Hello, Sky friends, and thank you for joining us. I am your host and DM, Scott. I'm here today to talk to you about our sponsor, Libris Arcana. They offer dice subscriptions, leather gaming covers, and more. I signed up for their monthly subscription, and let me tell you, these are some great dice. They're perfect for causing some trouble in our game. Head over to their website, librisarcana.com, and you can get a subscription of your very own. That's L-I-B-R-I-S-A-R-C-A-N-A dot com. As a bonus to Seasons of Skyrend listeners, you can use the promo code SKYREND at checkout to receive 20% off your first month. Each month, you'll receive a new and unique set of dice delivered right to your door. Again, enter promo code SKYREND at checkout to receive 20% off your first month's subscription. Go get yourself some dice and help us keep the lights on. Thank you, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the Human Monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Book 2, Chapter 47 Negotiating with the Grung A group of adolescent Grung stand before you on the domed roof of a small stone building. They level short spears and bows at you. The vibrant colors of their skin dulled by the thick and cloudy mucus-like toxin they naturally secrete. Their eyes are surrounded by heavy, dark circles. Whether they are a patrol or a gang, you can't really tell since they didn't bother to introduce themselves. Elsewhere in the Frost Swamp, Dusty, Alana, and Gerso are trying to figure out the quickest way to bring Coram's mercy to the entire Grung City. Only a cure and Korm's word will stay their hands. Alana and Gerso are quite bright, in no small part thanks to Yuboa Bay's teachings, and think some kind of poison will be the most effective. But that is the backup plan at this point. So, as you stand confronted by this grung posse, what do you do? I 
raise my hands semi in a gesture of surrender, just like I'm not holding any weapons and say, whoa, 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 we come in peace? <laughs> Arnest doesn't say it with the question mark, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, roll persuasion. Oh, God. <laughs> come on, I'm going to start this off persuades. real fast. Here we go, okay. It's your best stab. Performance. That's an 18. One of the grown who's leveled a bow at you lowers it down. Motions for the rest of them to lower their weapons, too. Well, all right, that's good to hear. But if you're here in peace, what do you want? More peace? We're here to help you. I, I would love to hear how. Where's Sock? Sock is at home. She's dying. She's trying to rest. Well... Do you know her? Yes. Is she expecting you? In a way. She's the reason we are here. Okay, I think we could take you to her then. If that's what you want. Yeah. Okay. It's a place to start. I don't exactly know who we need to talk to, and she's the person we know, so... Mm-hmm. She's the person you know. Let's see. So this grung puts the bow around his shoulders, hops into the water in front of you, disappears underneath for a moment just because it's deep enough for them to do that, and pops back up in front of the horse's... Who's in front right now? Probably me. And he pops out in front of Aramel and Aranus. Introduces himself as Soro. He's a yellow grung. So Soro pops up out of the water. Follow me, I'll take you to Sock. And he starts swimming along the surface of the water, deeper into the village. It stays shallow enough that your horses can move through it. Okay. But they're definitely always in at least a few feet of water. It's still very frosty, very foggy. Sora will escort you and your horses through the village. You'll pass by a number more of these stone buildings with domes raised slightly. As the water gets shallower, you start seeing some wooden huts. It's still not like the most stylish or like what you would consider the comforts of a proper city. Small still probably let some wind through. If it ever rains heavily, it's definitely getting in. But, you know, stonework is hard work. And these people are not healthy. So sometimes they have to use wood. And you do see a number of other grown about. All the ones that you see outside of the buildings look to be probably close to the same age as Sorrow. You've met Sock. She was old. She is old. She's still alive. These kids are definitely younger. I don't think you've had much exposure to Grung before, but I don't know. They're eight, nine years old. Grung don't live terribly long, but that's still pretty young. And Sora will escort you to one such wooden hut. There's a small lantern burning inside, and there's the sound of what probably sounds like prayer, but it's in their native tongue. And just, yeah, you don't know that. But it sounds... Darwin has at least heard many prayers, especially back at the monastery, back in Karami. And you know what prayers sound like when somebody is near death. Like, you know that tone, you know that cadence, and it definitely sounds like there's something similar inside. Okay. Sorrow motions to the hut. This is Sock's home. Uh, we don't know how much time she has left. But if you want to speak with her... 
wouldn't recommend waiting. Are you going in? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sora will take your horses, lead them somewhere less wet, so they're not standing knee-deep in water the whole time. It still won't be completely dry, but they'll be... They won't be as cold. And Sorrow disappears with your horses. So there's now the three of you, Sam, Sniffins, and Baron Misha, all standing outside this little wooden hut. It would be a tight fit if you all tried to come in. Grung or short, they do not build homes for tall folk. I don't need to go in. I'll stand outside to see from outside. Okay. Suppose I'm talking to her, so I'm going in. Yes. All right, Darvin, do you want to go in? Um, You stay outside. I guess I'm going. Okay. I'm going to advise Baron Misha to stay outside at least for the moment. Oh, I'm pretty sure they were going to anyways. Okay. Baron Misha will say, "Oh, I totally understand. You know, it's a very solemn time in there right now, and it's been so long since I've been here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to say. Neither will we." But you're going to say something. Oh, I'm not saying anything. So, Darvin and Aranis, you have to crouch down to get in through the door. And even once you're inside, the ceiling's only five, five and a half feet high. Oh, dear. Which I'm pretty sure is shorter than both of you. Yes. Because <laughs> I think we're accidentally exactly the same height. <laughs> Are we? I'm pretty sure. You're all somewhere between, like, 5'9 and 5'11. I wanted to be taller than I am in real life, but not, like, tall, tall. Yeah, so what'd you pick? I wanted to be what I perceived to be a normal height, so I said six foot. Oh! Oh, he's an inch taller than I am. <laughs> One inch. <laughs> so yeah, Darwin and Arnis are both bent over or stooping down or crawling. I don't, I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. How dignified you want to present yourself. I'm a monk of quorum. I'm always dignified. <laughs> there you go. You enter in, and Sock is on a very short bed. She looks weak. Her eyes are fluttering open now and again as there's another elderly grung next to her, kneeling down, holding her hand in theirs, and seems to be in some sort of yeah, final prayer, final condolences. And as you come in, uh, he turns. Oh, I, I wasn't expecting visitors. Especially not outsiders. Who are you? What do you what do you want? My name is Arnis. It's quite a while ago now. Uh, Sock was on the same boat we happened to be on, and she told us the story of what was happening here and asked if we could help. Yes, yes, she mentioned that. So here we are. Was not expecting you in person. Unless you have brought medicine. Something for Sock. No. His head just drops. and lays a hand on Sock's chest. Yeah. We, we have a theory about how to solve future problems. Nothing concrete to solve the existing problems. Well, we certainly won't turn away any help that you can provide. Not that... Not that others haven't come and tried or offered help. It's just no one's been successful. So we appreciate it. Just try not to get everybody's hopes up that this is going to work. I understand. As you're talking with uh, 
Court. His name is Court. Uh, as you're talking with Court, Sock's eyes open up a little bit wider, a little bit more clearly, and she recognizes the pair of you. Just weakly reaches out a hand in your general direction. Uh, she looks up. Oh, you've come back. It feels like so long ago now. I'm, I'm afraid I don't have much longer, though. And she's very weak. She can only get, like, a few words out at a time. Uh, that's okay, Sock. You... You rest. Let Court take care of you. We're gonna do what we can for your people. Yes, of course. Of course. It's good to see you again. I hope... I hope I'm around long enough to see you before you go. I hope so, too. And she just... Her head falls back and she's out of it again. Court turns back to her, renews the prayer, the meditation. Not saying goodbye, but... It's fine. I don't even say anything. I give, like, a a hand, like, and just go. Okay. It's a pretty clear social cue of, like, you can leave now. <laughs> so. Not that, as an outsider, you aren't a person of interest. Like, oh, who's this? But Court's got bigger things on his mind right now. Yep. So, you're all outside of Sock's home. Oh, crap. Did that kid come back? Sorrow? Yeah. Do you need Sorrow? I need somebody, uh, because I okay. didn't ask them for the next person we need to talk to, <laughs> so, and I'm not going right. back in there. <laughs> no, that's fair. I think after Sorrow goes and ties your horses up somewhere, he will come back. All right, I put your horses over there. They should be good with water, definitely. Um, we'll try to bring him some food if you're here long enough for that. Okay. Thank you. Is, is Sock still with us? Okay. Yeah. That's good. The next person we need to talk to is Prado. Where can we find them? Oh, Prado, yeah. You're definitely not the first outsiders coming to ask about her. Okay. And he will motion deeper into the swamp. You'll see a stone building that's a little bit larger than some of the other ones you've seen. It's still small for you, but it's bigger compared to some of these other ones. Mm. And there's a little bit of smoke coming out of a small chimney on it. Yeah, she's, she's in there if you need her. Thank you, Soro. Mm-hmm. She's in much better condition than Sock. I don't think he will have to worry. Okay. Okay. You guys going off to see Prado, then? Yes. Huh? Smart, smart, smart. You have to slog through some water before you get to this building. It's a small hop up into the doorway. The doorway's maybe six inches above the water level. It's easy enough to climb out and get in there. The doorway itself is about four feet tall. But once you get in, the center of the room is about eight, which is pretty tall for these buildings. Near the edges, it's shorter. As you enter in, there's a small sleeping area, but most of this building is taken up by what looks to be some sort of lab. You know, different vials and books and things. Some burners on underneath glass bottles, which is definitely producing that smoke that you saw coming out of the chimney. And you see a middle-aged grung there. Prado is a yellow grung. Uh, She's got gloves on and a very heavy apron. She's just going through her notes and, uh, like, checking some of these different concoctions. Dipping a finger in and, like, 
wiping it on a piece of paper or something, smelling it. So Vale wouldn't know this, but <laughs> Chris wants to know, because I feel like I'm putting something together. Is the same Grung that invented the teleportation technology? No, no. Um, okay. That's Imelda. She's okay. much older. Okay. Sorry. No, that's fair. Who's also out and about here somewhere. So, but, um, but we wouldn't know that. Yeah. No. It is a different type of uh, research that's being conducted by Imelda. I think Prado hears... Wait, sorry. Who's going in? There's more room in here. There's definitely room enough for everybody to go in. Well, all three of you to go in. I'm going. Cool. I'll follow. Yeah, I guess I'll go in too then. So then yes, as the three of you go in, Prado will jot something down about a sample. As she takes notice of you, turns. Oh, outsiders. Um, sorry, just a second. Wipes her hands off. Walks up. She's probably about half the size of any of you. Uh, and extends a gloved hand out. Greetings! Hello. I shake it. So, Arnis, you shake Prado's hand. She'll go around greeting Darwin and Vale as well. Oh, I'm not used to seeing outsiders. But, uh... She, like, leans in and sniffs everybody a little bit. You see her, like, kind of, like... You see the tongue come out a little bit. Almost like how a snake tastes the air. Oh, uh, not that I'm complaining, but, but what brings you here? What what can I do for you? What do you need? Uh, I don't necessarily need anything. Um, All right, then. Uh, what is a, uh, I suppose a while ago now, Sock was out on a journey trying to find people to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. We are some of the people she found. And you're here to help. Wonderful. We're here to try. Okay. Yeah. By all means, I've tried a number of things here. None of them have been of any great effect. I mean, other outsiders have come too. Uh, the elves of Krobov certainly sent people. We've had a, a very strange outsider come and promise to send help, and we're still waiting on that. Very strange. How do you mean? I don't know. Shannon... Remind us what nowhere looks like. Oh, right. <laughs> the tiefling nowhere. Right. Um, she's a tiefling, and I don't even remember. Because <laughs> it's been a long time. It has. It's um, been about a year for us here at the table. This is. Oh, no, this is me. That didn't look like my. I, that, I don't know why I drew that. I don't know what Does that it is. Say what she looked like? I don't um, think mine says what he looks like. I know where it is, but I don't think it's so Red skin, like. straight horns, about six foot. Nowhere's a female, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Prado will describe this strange-looking outsider. Oh, she was real tall. She had this red skin and these horns and a lot of fancy clothes and started talking about how she wanted to help us a lot. And she made a deal with Imelda for some work of hers and she left and promised to send a bunch of money our way or resources. I don't remember the particulars of it, but yeah. I mean, between her and uh, Sicarius, the elf from Croba, those are probably the two most recent outsiders who've tried to help. Well, we're still sick. We're still dying. So good luck. Is there something you need from me to help? Well, I guess there's no reason not to tell her the truth here. We know what the problem is. Do you know how to fix it, then? Theoretically. 
Okay. Well, we haven't actually tried to use the thing, so oh, it's no. all theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's very true. Well, if you've got something that you want to try that's not going to out-and-out out hurt somebody, I'll, I'm willing to help. In order to attempt this thing, we need access to your birthing pools. Oh, my. That's... It's a very big ask. Um, and before we get to an answer to that, Darwin and Vale, what are you two doing? Oh, nothing. Vale's watching, kind of like standing in the doorway. Not really concerned about this conversation at all. Just, you know, knowing that we tend to have people that get interested in wanting to F with us lately. Just making sure no one's trying to come up on us. <laughs> so you're like peeking outside yeah. and inside a lot? Okay. Darwin is kind of in his head because he's... This whole endeavor makes him extremely apprehensive for reasons which are probably mm-hmm. fairly obvious. So he's like, I am here to support Arnas. I am not doing anything or saying anything. Okay. If we save these people, I had no hand in it. <laughs> That's an argument you can certainly try to make if you do end up saving these people. We'll get to that when the time comes. Vale, I think if you're at the doorway, checking out the inside, checking out the outside... You do see Sorrow and some of his gang of adolescent grung. Not necessarily stalking or, like, spying on you, but they definitely seem to be swimming by a lot more than, like, where are they going? Like, they're not walking back and forth between some places. They're just making excuses, like, oh, who are these people? I forgot the arrow over here. I'm going to go talk to Steve down there. Steve would be a weird grung name. Obviously, Sam Sniffins and Baron Misha are right outside. Sam and the Baron seem to be getting along just fine. But Sam has definitely got a little bit more of his head on a swivel than Baron Misha does. I just just had a picture of Sam and Baron Misha talking, and Arnis just going, watch it. (laughs) To who? (laughs) To Sam, because Sam's totally become our Jack Harkness. Stop. (laughs) What? I was wow. just saying hello for you that is starting. Just stop. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Excuse me. What is wrong if Sam wants to be um, close with Baron Misha? And there's nothing wrong with Jack no, Harkness. No, I love Jack. No, there's not. It's just the dynamic that he's talking yeah. about. That's all. Stop. The, 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 okay, you the don't actually want no, no, I have no problem with it. <laughs> Maybe later, Blue. <laughs> That's how I picture him, though. That, that's, like, amazingly fitting. Yeah. I think at this point, Sam and Baron Misha are just being friendly. It's not overt flirting. They're getting along. They are traveling companions now. Not in that way. <laughs> not companion like that. But no, they've got some time to get to know each other. You know, they're taking advantage of it. Certainly talking about their pasts or whatever. But it's not, like, awkward out there for them. So, yeah. And then, Arnis, you had a question. Oh, yeah. That's a big ask. That is a big ask to get to the birthing pools. I mean, we've got eggs in there now. We wouldn't want anything to happen to them. Okay, I'm going to lay this out for you. The bulb that has settled in your birthing pools, that's the problem. Uh, mm. I'm certain you know what I'm talking about. Of course, we all know about it. Yeah, that's the problem. That's why we use the... That's why we birth there. 
um, mm. That is what is poisoning you. But... <sighs> I think I need you to roll another persuasion here. Oh. There isn't a better roll for this. As much as I want there to be one that you have a worse bonus in. Mm-hmm. Persuasion is the most fitting here. <laughs> he just wants me to fail. If you want, I can roll instead. <laughs> you haven't said anything. I rolled I poorly could. enough. It's fine. I got a 15. That's not poorly. For me, that's poorly. That's a six on the die. That's yeah, poorly. It's still a 15. Yeah, oh. as opposed to my usual 21. I feel so sorry for you. No, you don't. Okay. I think Prado has two points here. Well, if you're going to go in there and mess with the bulb at all, we need... I mean, we need your word that you're not going to do anything to those eggs, that they're going to be fine. I mean, as fine as they are right now. If you don't end up healing them, that's... We're not going to put that blame on you, but we need your word that you're not going to damage them in any way. Not knowing the layout of the birthing pools, or what I'm even going to be looking at once we're in there, it's not a guarantee I can make until I see something. What I can tell you is there shouldn't be any reason why we would even be near them. they're, They're eggs, you know? She puts her hands in front of her and holds them together. Like, fingertips together in a round ball shape. Maybe the size of an orange? Okay. This big? Semi-clear? You know, shades of green, yellow, red on the inside, grouped together in little bunches? You'll see them. Please see them. Please don't step on them. <laughs> I accidentally go tra- traipsing through killing our youth. I, I will see them. It is not my intention in any way for any harm to come to the eggs. What I'm saying is, I don't know how close they are to the bulb, and I don't know what we need to do to the bulb is going to do to the area surround... This is the silliest conversation I've ever had. I don't don't... know if there's going to be an explosion. (laughs) So... Okay. (laughs) That's really what we need to say. Like, there might be an explosion. In theory, I know what we need to do to the bulb. (laughs) I have no idea what effect that is going to cause to the area surrounding. Meaning, I don't know if it's going to do nothing, if there's going to be a big wave, if there's going to be an explosion, if there... I have no idea. Well, if it looks like they're in danger, either stop or save them. That would be the intention. Yes. And second, if you're going to do anything to that bulb, you're going to need Imelda's permission. It's a critical part of her work. It's the only reason that Red Lady's going to even come back. What? They made some sort of deal. Okay. I, I, I don't understand. Why you know deals? The... You know trade? Barter? Okay. No, I understand what a deal is. I understand that. I don't, I don't understand what the bulb has to do with any deal that some red lady made. You know their magic, right? Who? The bulb. Oh, the you bulb You know is that magic. is magic. I sort of assumed that it was something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know for sure. I had no idea. Nobody told me what it was. Literally, literally all Barofax said was it was the bulb in the thing that was killing them. I figured there was just a light you, in there, and it was too hot. You, you know that that's... I figured it was short. Okay, was like wait, real quick. Stop. Pause. You know that that's, like, the same thing that's in Earl and in Karami, right? Those are bulbs. Like, that's not a secret that's been said. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. 
Oh. The green magic stuff? Yeah, the green fire. Oh. No, I hadn't put that together because I'm a damn idiot. I had neither same reason. Okay. Apparently, I've been calling them by the same name the only smart one and describing it. them the same fashion. I'm sorry. I'm a moron. I was like bold. That could be I like failed an, you as a player, Scott. That, that could be an onion. That could be any number of root vegetables. It could just be a weird fungus that looks like an onion and emits some kind of poison. Clearly tulips. It could tulips. be like... <laughs> that, We're going to tiptoe through them. Secret here. It's called the Bulbin Earl because the city tower looks like a big-ass tulip. Hey. It's what flowers grow out of. Well, some flowers. It's what that flower grows out of. So I was partly right. Yes. See, we were right. We just didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now that we're like, on the same page. Someone had even asked, after Olwan had made trinkets for you in Karami, if they would work if you went to another bulb. That question had been asked. Oh, I think it was I, me that asked that question. And I remember saying you didn't bring anything with you from Earl at that point, so you couldn't test if they worked there, and then you didn't take anything with you from Karami. Damn it. We're idiots. I'm not saying coats. I'm not saying whether it would or wouldn't have, but like, you guys have been putting pieces together. Like, I'm not making shit up here. No, you're not. We're just dense. Speak for yourself. Shannon's had a beer and she's drunky poo. I'm kidding. I'm not drunk, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> and you can leave that no. in if you want. I don't even care. <laughs> okay. So, um, so Prado is explaining to you that yeah, you'll need to get Imelda's permissions. The bulb's a key part of her work. Without that, we may not get any more assistance any assistance at all from that red-horned gal. Well, don't, you don't have to argue that with her. Don't have the same conversation twice. <laughs> Let's She's just deal with that now. Okay. <laughs> Unless you just want to go do it. But Prado is saying you need to get Imelda's permission. No, She's I mean, not going to march you over there. No, I'll go get... I'll go get Imelda's permission. I'm not an asshole. You know what the easier solution is. Yeah. Where is Imelda? Mm-hmm. Prado will direct you to a couple of buildings that Imelda works out of. She also has a stone structure where she keeps a lot of research and it's where she lives. But most of her day-to-day tasks are carried out inside a wooden hut. It started off as one, like, pretty normal size, single-bedroom type hut, and then just expanded, like, little add-ons here and there, kind of patchwork style. And Elda just needed more space. <laughs> She'll tell you how to get there. She's not going to go herself. Prado's got work to do. Uh, she's making, like, medicines and balms and things. So you head off to the third home in this grung village. Is everybody going in? I assume. If there's room. Thanks to the extra additions on this hut? Yeah. Normally, it would be very tight quarters, but as an does expanded, there's more space. I think you can all fit in there. Sweet. So yes, as you go into Imelda's hut, you see plenty of places where windows have been broken down and become doorways. You see where walls have just been kind of broken down, so that way more wall can be put, extending the room out. There are tables everywhere, and in 
every corner of the room, there's boxes. Box halves scattered all over the place. Different sizes, different colors, probably ranging in size from mm, something you could fit a lemon in, and then, not to sound morbid, (laughs) coffin-sized. And Imelda, this red grung, she is nose down in research, and she's frantically writing away at something. She's got a number of different size box halves on her desk. And she, like, picks one up, writes a few notes, and just chucks it over her shoulder. Landing at Vale's feet. She's working. Uh, I knock on the doorway to get her attention. Hmm? Hmm? Oh. Oh. Outsiders. Outsiders. Ah, just a second. Ah. Focuses her head a little bit. Jots down another note. Okay, outsiders. Yeah. Welcome to my workshop. Okay, I suppose we should start at the beginning. Quite a while ago, we ran into Sock on a particular boat. She was out looking for someone to help you all. She ah, met. the pirates! Wonderful. What can I do for you? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I quit wasting my time. Well, Story wise, we don't need to go over this again. There's no right. reason why Imelda wouldn't know this information. <laughs> Wait, are we pirates? Yeah, yeah, she's we referring to you pi- as pirates. No, we were pirates. pirates. Uh, kind of. We were, we were part did, of the crew. You did some mild piracy. Pirates in training. They, they were, were pirates. Pi- they were mild pirates. Yeah, was they that were a pirate pirate? ship? No. Not yet, but it is now. No. <laughs> they were pirate-esque. They, they were proto-pirates. They were a merchant ship. Ish. That's, what, that's they, how I remember it. They also did some not entirely legal things. Sure, but what merchant ship doesn't? Pirate. Most of them. Proto-pirates. <laughs> Anyway, ah, yes, the, the pirates. Anyway. She told us all about you. We, the problem stems from the bulb in your birthing pools. And? Theoretically, we know how to fix it, but it's going to drain all the power from the bulb. But I need that for my research, for my inventions. If, if you do something to it, nowhere won't bring me any money. Is there a way well, to... The bulb out of the birthing pools? No. The birthing pools? I mean, I, I, I call me an idiot, but like. You're an idiot, Vale. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm <laughs> starting why to Why can't too. we just pick a different pool? The bulb provides a certain amount of warmth and energy for us. Well, during the egg process. The water is very cold here. But it's killing you all. Yeah, that, that warmth and energy is literally what is killing you. We did not know that. It's new information. I still don't know what we would do without it. The first and easiest option, really, I mean, if we can't move the bulb, is to move the birthing pools and figure something else out. Where would we go? Somewhere warmer, maybe. No, I mean, like, just literally move the birthing pool to another part of your area. How do you intend on keeping that water warm? I have no idea. Wait, wait, wait. There's an entire town where no one's living right now. (gasps) (gasps) Wait a minute. No. No, no, no. The things from Honey Hollow. Oh, do you have one? Yeah. Who's got it? It's in the boot. It's in the boot. It's in the boot. But that's not like perma, right? It wears out eventually. Probably. 
Maybe. We don't know. Hey. I don't no, know. Actually remember, know. The, the, thinking back, if I remember that quest well enough, they <laughs> sent us to get more because they needed replacements for the this ones This is they right. They were out. Yes. That is correct. But there's an entire town with no, li- no one living in it warmer than where we are currently. Mm, a little more crabby, though, than they probably want. <laughs> it's only on the sand. They can fight off some crabs. We fought them. I mean, they've got... Right? We're bigger than they are. It's a suggestion. And then we could still drain the bulb and try and make an item out of it. Make a badass something out of it. Except their, their eggs presumably need to be in water. <laughs> so they would right. need to build some sort of some buckets, people. lake something. And it probably has to be... Fresh water, not salt water. Right. Maybe even like a particular brackish concentration or something. Yes, we are literally having water. this conversation in front of Imelda. All right, <laughs> science <churches>. nerds. <laughs> a salt water versus freshwater argument, I will brook. But anything about... <laughs> will you river it as well? <laughs> well, when it comes to alkaline or base levels of the water... None of us know anything about or, that. Or, <laughs> like, mineral concentrations, I'm not going to touch it. That's not important enough for me, or the story, (laughs) frankly. Yeah. And Arnis would throw up his hands in defeat at that point, like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Uh, Let's put that geology in a box. And and put it over there. Put it over there. And And leave it. Never touch it again. (laughs) Oh, yes. Imolda is basically asking, if we go, where do we go? What do we do? Well, uh, we happen to know of an entire uh, town where there's... No people anymore. Is there water? Well, it's near the ocean, but I'm guessing that's not the kind of water you mean. We wouldn't want any of the eggs washing out with the tide. Right. Well, you could make pools, though. If salt water's not a concern, you could build a... What did he say? Pool. Yeah. Like an artificial tide pool? Yeah. Yeah, like in Lord of the Flies. The, the, or like how the like lagoon. ancient civilizations used to fish with spears. They'd like <laughs> they they built artificial walls in the water and trapped the fish in. Whether or not salt water is good for them, I haven't decided yet. We'll get to that if and when the time comes. Um, is there water there? Still water. You know who we could ask. Hang on one second. Baron Misha, would you come in here, please? <laughs> Walking, talking resource. Baron Misha walks in. Oh, yeah, I didn't... wasn't expecting to come in. Hello, my name is Baron Misha of Bristol Shores. So, we're talking to Imelda about the problem with their birthing pools. <laughs> and she was asking, well, if we need to go somewhere where we go. We, maybe presumptuously, suggested that there is an empty town just waiting for people to come live in it again. Oh. Your town. Oh. Misha. Oh. I wasn't thinking about that. I'm sorry. But she's wondering about there being still water there. Like, Mm. not seawater. And I didn't... I figured that instead of guessing at an answer, Hmm. we'd ask you. There's... There's a well there. It's rather small. It's a well. Okay, so no lakes or ponds. Not in the city itself. No. Even on the outskirts? I mean, there's certainly freshwater sources nearby, but no, a day or two's travel out. Okay, so yeah. not readily in, accessible. In the city itself, it's the ocean and well. Okay. The well is groundwater. I mean, obviously, if you want to try to expand that and work with that, that's one thing. 
But no, there isn't like a water park. Okay, that's maybe not an option. Um, you suggested see what she says. Well, I mean, he's standing there. She heard all of that. Okay, yeah. so knowing all of that, it's it's up to you. How long does it take to get there? How long does it take to get there? <laughs> How long have you been on the road? Uh, not particularly long. Mm-hmm. We stopped in Crowbar for a while. <laughs> Two, three weeks. Okay. I think is what it would come out to. Okay. Since so, you'd be traveling with a bunch of people who don't have horses. Okay. It would take two or three weeks to get there? Hmm. Well, we'd need something to transfer the eggs in. Not too worried about that. Uh, but are you sure you need to mess with the bulb? If you are taking the eggs out of proximity to the bulb, like if you are going away from it, there's no reason to mess with it. The trick is you've got to remove the eggs from the bulb or the bulb from the eggs. Because that is what is making you sick. Because <laughs> it's starting at birth. Which one do you guys want to do? I, mean, I know you're offering this I as a suggestion to... all the way back. I mean, Vale is like at this point not loving the idea of another three weeks back going the direction we don't want to be going. Well, I mean, the actual problem... The real problem now is that the eggs that are in that pool are already infected. Yeah. Well, I would assume, unless it's a transfer at birth, like that they're protected. Well, we don't know the science of all of this. That aside, like the health of the eggs aside, do you want to try to move the grung to another place? Are you still trying to drain the bulb either way? Well, I mean, here's my problem. Because if you're going to drain it either way... I feel like... If the grung go away from the bulb, there's no reason to mess with it. Except that then we can experiment with the ram rumbles mantle and make sure that we understand how it works. But Before we need to use it in a clutch moment, but aren't we should we, know how it works. But aren't we also worried that it's going to lose its charge and then we may not be able to use it when we need it? I think it was more the opposite, that it yeah. would be full. Yeah, that was oh, the problem. Right. That was the concern. Because you were studying how to drain it again. Yeah. Right. So you could use it multiple times. Because if either way you're going to drain the bulb... Then the debate just comes down to what do you do with the grung and convincing them that that's a good idea or ignoring their wishes and doing it anyways. I just need to know what you're trying to convince them of and like what you're actually trying to get out of this situation. Because if you just want to convince them to move somewhere, that's fine. You can do that. But if you're asking for permission to go in there and mess with the bulb, that's a different question. I mean, the real behind the scenes problem here is like I can't cure them all. So no matter what I do, Dusty and his compatriots are going to kill them. Unless you drain the mantle and use the mantle to create a device that will cure them. You mean drain the bulb? Yes. And then try to funnel that out into try to funnel that into some sort of solution. a pair of gloves that lets whoever touch it heal the illness that the whoever wears it heal the illness that the grung is suffering from. That's a big what if. Everything's a big what if right now. Travel several weeks back east. Keep these eggs alive. Keep these people alive on the track. Keep Dusty, Alana, and Gerso from murdering everybody. Yeah, that's the real trick. Um, sorry. From bringing them Coram's peace. Right. Because right now they are on that holy mission. That's actually probably the best idea. Drain it and see if we can somehow use the power from it to heal everybody. Except Imelda's never going to let us do that. You don't know till you ask. You apply to her sense of preservation for people. And herself, because she's going to die from it eventually, too. Oh, yeah, she's very sick. She's still active enough, but the sign, the physical signs are there, the external signs. She's having a good energy day. 
Okay, so I, I lay this idea out for her of draining the bulb and potentially using its power, like funneling it into another object to see if we can use that to actually heal everybody. Like rather than just prevent the illness from spreading to future people, we may be able to heal the people who are sick right now. And prevent it from happening in the future. Yes. Okay. It's just Arnus making this argument? Yeah, Darwin is. Still. I could try to help you, but I only have a plus one to persuasion. Take the help I haven't been rolling very well. Okay. If someone wants to assist Arnus here, you may. I got an 18. Ooh, that's a good assist. Apparently I'm going to need it because I got another 15. Okay. So, Vale, how are you assisting here? Are you spitballing these ideas to help heal them? Oh, what is this? Or is this just... Vale's very... I'm going to be very pragmatic here and just say, you know... Spill the whole spiel and say, you know, if you're healed, you're going to live longer. And then maybe... And then you can help come up with a solution to the the birthing pool problem that would arise. Something Hmm. like that. I think between your 18, Arnis's 15... Imelda is willing to let you try. But if you're going to be down there, it would really help if you could bring a few things back for me. Uh, Imelda will explain, it's, it's not always easy for me to get down there and back in a timely manner, and I'm running short on fuel for my creations. If when you're down there, you can bring back some of the green ice for me, I can continue my work here on these boxes. Sure. How much? As much as you can. The more you have, the more I can do. Do you have something that we can transport it in? Uh, as a matter of fact, yes. She pulls out a box about the size of a cooler. It's got a bunch of different markings on it, different runes and spellcraft type stuff. This should help keep it cold. Yeah, she'll give you a carrier for this green ice. should help preserve it and uh, keep it from getting contaminated by anything you might have on you. Okay. Cool. So we're off. Uh, are we going to be harmed by touching this green ice? Hmm. <laughs> I, I oh, don't no. know. I'm not harmed by it when I touch it. Well, yeah, but... I mean, you're already sick. So you're saying so we should know. wear gloves just in case. <laughs> I'm just saying I haven't experienced anything harmful from it. Okay. It doesn't burn to touch. Okay. Cool. We'll bring you some. <laughs> cool. Oh, God, this is going to end so poorly. <laughs> All right. Emelda will send you off to go collect some of this green ice as you go down there and try whatever it is you're going to do. Are you ready to go there? This is like... Let's do it. I guess let's just do it. This is like the weirdest fucking idea any one of us has ever had, but let's do it. Are you bringing any of your friends along? Uh, yeah, Uh, I can come. I guess. (laughs) You can if you want to. You don't have to. Sure, yeah. Come along. Okay. So you're bringing Baron Misha and Sam and Sniffins. Okay, yeah, let's just go to the temple then. Uh, yeah. Yes? Yeah. Uh, okay. I yeah, mean, let's go. You sound you so quit. hesitant. You need to quit, quit waffling. We're going to do something. We need to do it. I'm not waffling. I'm just... Pancaking. Uh, sure. Let's do it. Marcus is having struggles lately. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. We've noticed. This is going to go poorly. That's oh. your catchphrase. It's probably going to go poorly. <laughs> then I'll hit you with mine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We believe and that. I'll throw mine out here. Let's kill it. 
Well, that is kind of what you're up to. And I'll throw mine in there. Let's just run away. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure at the beginning of everything, Vale always says, "Who's ready to die today?" Oh yeah, so that too. Okay. So you have to travel through a lot of swamp, a lot of fog. The trees get more and more dense until you come into an opening. This is not just a birthing place, this is a sacred place for them. The Grung birthing pool is deep within this temple. It's practically ancient in design and and build. It was designed and built by the Grung centuries ago, before this condition, whatever, took hold. With the help of the elves of Crowbaugh. Structurally, it's like an inverted pyramid, submerged in the ground and the water, with a couple of smaller levels on top. The levels in this temple are short in height, only five, six feet tall on the inside, and the passages are narrow. This is very fitting for the grown stature, a little less so for elves, half-elves, and humans, and changelings. I think Imelda would also tell you that the, uh, that the chambers within can be filled or drained of water, depending on the needs of the grung. They do have to birth and incubate their eggs in water, but sometimes drain them for cleaning, for rituals, a little less so nowadays. But yeah, so you can expect some dry in there and some wet in there. And as you approach, the ground level is completely submerged in water. It's about eight feet deep. But there are two smaller levels on top that are sticking out of the water. And you do not see any obvious doorways in. How do we drain the next level so we can go in there? Because I'm not about to drown. This temple isn't meant to be a puzzle. It's meant to be functional. Uh, So there are mechanisms in place to do this. Cool. Let's do that. So for now, you're standing on the perimeter. The ground floor is completely underwater. Yeah. How are you getting in? What are you doing? Did Imelda give us an idea of where we were going inside the temple? Yeah, the birthing pools are... At the um, bottom, I would assume. Well, yeah, at and near the bottom. So if the ground level is the first floor, yeah. and there's those two smaller ones, the second and third. Uh, the birthing pools are in the second and third basement levels. Okay, cool. So then, yeah, let's drain the ground floor. You're not even in the temple yet. Let's enter the temple I mean, and how, the ground floor. I know, that's what I'm asking. How are you getting in the temple? You don't see an obvious doorway. Then we find a doorway. Oh, You're fucking ass. I look you for find a, the door. I look for a button to press. I do a perception check or an investigation or something to you, see if I can find a way to open a door. I look for a trap. Are you just swimming around the exterior then? I guess I swim. so. How are you getting to the temple? I can't swim. I don't... <laughs> I'm not familiar with Vale having a comfort with swimming. Okay, that's that's fine. I'm just not trained for this sort of endeavor. Okay. So who is going out there to go find I've a got way a in? negative one. I guess I am. To athletics. Well, so do I, but I'm going anyway. So do I, well, I have a zero, not a negative one. Well, then you're going. <laughs> you're the one with a non-negative roll. You're rolling, buddy. Fine. So I'm trying to be passive about this whole endeavor. All right. Uh, um, no. Here's what I do. I take a look at what we're up against, and I go, there's no reason to figure this out on my own. I walk straight back to Imelda and go, okay, now you're going to tell us how to get in. There you the go. <sighs> we go in through the front doors. They're under the water. 
Okay, how does someone who is not comfortable with that get in? Anybody? Nobody? Nobody gets in? Oh, um, there's, there's roof access. If you just go onto the top of one of those higher floors, there's hatch. Perfect. Thank you. I go back out, and we get in through the roof. I start swimming. As artist leaves the village again, you, you hear Sora just like, Oh, I thought they were here to help. They just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't need your sass, Sora. <laughs> so yes, if you go on top of one of those, like the second or the third level, there is a hatch in the ceiling if you wanted to drop in, or you could swim underneath the water there at ground level and go in through one of the doorways. Good. I'm not making that track. <laughs> it's maybe a 10-15 foot swim from where you can stand to where you can hop up onto the ceiling of that temple. If everybody's okay with a 10-15 foot swim. If you need help, I got you. I'm fine. I'm just saying, I'm offering it up there. It's fine, you succeed. The water is fairly still. It's very cold, but it's still. So you climb on top of the second story, and you're able to find an old wooden door set into the roof. It takes a little work, but you manage to pry it open. And you look down, and the second floor is mostly... It's definitely dark, but it is also mostly overgrown with vines and fungus. But it is not filled with water. Cool. Can I see to the floor? Yeah. Does it look dangerous? It looks covered in vines and fungus. I drop in. Okay, you drop in. Squish sound as you land in these plants. Oogie. Come on in. Cool. Drop down. Sure. Is it dark? Do I need to cast light? It is dark. Yeah, you're going to do that. It's <laughs> the only one I can see right now. Baron Misha can also see. Oh, should I cast light on? Whatever you want. I pull out a, like, a coin of some sort and just cast light on that, too. Okay. You've got a shining coin in your hand. As you survey this floor, this is all one big open space, in the center of which there's a very fancy staircase that leads up, uh, up into the much smaller third floor. It looks almost ceremonial. It's carved with, uh, with grung writing. Surveying the rest of it, it's in the farther back corner that you see another staircase leading down. It's less fancy. It's a couple feet wide, and it heads down at a sharp angle. All right. Uh, down we go. Okay. Are you going first, Arnis? Sure. Hmm. All right. I hand off the coin to Darwin. All right. As you head down, the ceiling on this main floor is about seven feet high. This is definitely... The fancier area. Or at least it once was. It doesn't see nearly as much use as it used to. And as you make your way down to the bottom of the staircase, the floor is just covered in water. There's about two or three feet of it. Uh, Out of every 20 feet, there's a pillar that starts round at the base and kind of arches out to help support the ceiling. And there's pictorials of grung and grung writing. And this was once a very... Fancy area. It has declined over the years. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at VanessaBlockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo, 
or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter at Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.libsyn.com.